officially live. live. Episode number 79, 21 away from uh, 100. Folks, if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please do so. Once we reach 100,000 subs, we may be going to three times a week. So give us that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Today we have Tom Ellsworth with us and Gerard Michaels hey, hey. is uh, back. And we got a lot of things to talk about. Good Obviously, morning, uh, the uh, the uh, video got a lot of messages about uh, you know Trump and Obama getting together. We'll have some uh, 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 updates on that, but we got a lot of other things to talk about. Tom, why don't you give everybody an update on the message you got from American Airlines on gas fuel shortage? What's that all about? Yeah, uh, so I think everybody that has a freaking flyer number, um, whether you're on Delta, American Airlines, I know Delta, American Airlines apparently sent it out this week, sent out notices saying, hey, there's some fuel shortages. Please bear with us. We may uh, cancel a few flights here and there. Uh, instead of four flights a day, maybe three, and expect a uh, the year end, uh, the end of summer, and uh, back to school things tightening up in terms of prices going up. And please bear with us. I have that is not a customer service message. It seemed like a warning that the uh, airlines are preparing for a rough fall. That's what it sounded like. Airlines are looking for a rough fall. Fuel shortages. Yesterday, I'm talking to a guy that runs a... Uh, uh, and uh, fair he, prices, they said. He, he runs a... Uh, what do you call it? He builds homes. So what do you call when you're... General contractor. Uh, general contractor. Yeah, but you know how you come and see the model homes, and then he builds the model home for you? What it, oh, he's a developer. Yeah. He's a developer. So I said, so how's business? He calls me and says, you know what? I'm so pissed off right now. So what are you pissed off about? He says, my main guy, my main GC that I've been using for the last 10 years... Every time we do a deal together, the property is up. The house is up within six months. Today, I'm talking to him. He says, he can't do it for me for 12 months. I said, so what are you doing? He said, I got an option number two and an option. He says, I called everybody in town. Right. Everybody says 12 months. There's nothing I can do about it. I said, you have no leverage today. I said, so what's your game plan? He said, I'm calling the guy, the GC, to tell him, typically whatever you were charging me, I'm willing to charge. I'm willing to pay 20% more for you to do it in six months because his guy is saying sure. there is shortage. So he's calling the clients to say, look, if you want this thing to be built up, I can do it. But if you want it in six months, you got to pay that 20%. So it's a very interesting time right now. It's not just shortage of fuel. There's shortage in a lot of things today. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, PHP, your other business, is doing fantastic. And yep. what do you? So what are you doing? You're expanding your headquarters. I just had another and CMO. And you're, doing the, uh, and you're doing the remodel. And you know that I'm... I see that in Dallas right in the middle of it. And the, the contractor said the same thing, and it's, it's situational. Concrete and drywall apparently are near impossible to get in, uh, in Dallas right Concrete now. Concrete and drywall. Not near impossible. Can you raise the audio a little bit? It's still a little low for me. Folks, is, your, is my audio low? Just tell me if it is or not. I'm curious. But go ahead. Yeah, and that what he's saying is situational. And he was saying the things that need shipping... Like there are some lights and some other thing for the ceiling, yeah. and we're not ordering custom okay, lights, you know. But uh, he says, look, I can't get things in. I'm trying to get things shipped. He said there's a trucker shortage, which was the similar thing that I saw last night. Uh, Network News talking about that the trucking shortages transporting fuel, because fuel, remember, it takes up a lot of space. It's heavy. You have a lot of rail, a lot of tank. He said they can't get it. So he said shipping, concrete, drywall in Dallas, and it's affecting the completion date. Remember, this is supposed to be yeah, done midsummer. Yeah. Now it's not going to be done. Yeah. You know, the new so we'll see what's going to happen. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. Somebody that's been in construction, for people out there that don't know, the way that it affects prices is normally the, the, the valuation that we all give is two parts, parts, one part labor. So somebody is going to be more expensive sure. on labor because there's not enough of it that they're going to do something 12 months out. And parts are already more expensive, so you're you're doubling down on the labor cost actually in that in that regard mm -hmm. because we don't 
in in construction, we don't charge by time. I'm not a twenty dollar an hour employee or whatever, right? It's if the parts of this are ten thousand dollars, then I charge five thousand dollars. It's a fifteen thousand dollar project. That's how you come up with your valuations: two parts, parts, one part labor. So if the parts are already more expensive, the labor is already charging more. So if the parts cost me twelve grand, I'm not still charging five. I'm charging six now. So that fifteen thousand dollar project is an eighteen thousand dollar project. And now if you're kicking another twenty percent on top of that, that fifteen thousand dollar project just became what seventeen five, eighteen thousand, just off the bat, right there. So that's three thousand dollars right now off of the same exact project in that hypothetical. And by the way, so so folks, I don't know if you saw this or not with Janet Yellen. I mean, I you saw what Janet Yellen said. Kai, do you have the Powell story. I think I want to read both of these stories simultaneously right. because Yellen, what was Yellen's uh, prior job? What was her job before uh, her uh, current job? She was chairman with of the Fed, right? chairman of the Fed, right? So here's, here's what happened with Yellen, and then we'll go into what Powell said. If you want to go to page seven, page seven, Janet Yellen. She also got a million dollars from Melvin Capital, by the way, to, to make sure that uh, GME didn't uh, bankrupt them, but that's a whole different thing. So let me read this story. Uh, uh, where is Ch- that Kai, was a consulting page piece. Seven. Leave me alone. Page seven or six. <laughs> let me see. Janet Yellen says page seven, but I don't see it on page seven. Where is Janet Yellen's story, Kai? Oh, let me see here. I don't see it on seven. Six. Right here. Okay, but is it, it on seven page, on the paper, just so you on, know that, Kai? Yeah. Is it on page right, nine with bad haircuts? There we go. Okay, six. So Janet Yellen, <laughs> to take extraordinary measures to prevent U.S. from debt default. This is a Newsweek story. Treasury Sector, Secretary Janet Yellen says she will take extraordinary measures to prevent the U.S. from a default on a national debt unless Congress acts to suspend or increase the debt limit. She warned congressional leaders in a letter Friday, in a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Yellen put lawmakers on notice that the Treasury Department will end, the, uh, end at the end of July, suspend the sale of bonds, the avenue by which the U.S. finances its debt obligations for two years. The debt limits have been suspended. Currently, the debt bound by the limits is $20.4 trillion. The debt default has never been permitted by the government. White House Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters Friday saying the possibility would be a catastrophic event. Yellen said a default would cause irreplaceable harm to the U.S. economy and the livelihoods of all Americans. Tom, what's your thoughts on this? This is a cut-and-paste headline that every three years shows up, and then they just raise the ceiling. And they sit there and they debate it, and then nobody wants to be the first person to the floor of the Congress. Remember, Congress is the purse, Senate is the approval, and nobody wants to be the one that raises it. You Remember this? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think this is... This is right on time. Every three years, they have to act responsible, and they're telling the, they're, they're freaking out average Americans saying default. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? And then they're just going to take a stroke of the pen and they're going to raise the ceiling. We could go back and Google this three years ago, and you'll find similar headlines. And nobody wants to. And Mitch McConnell didn't want to be the guy that authorized it because he didn't want to get pinned. You raise the debt. You raise the debt because there's always an election coming. When this Nixon is- took us off the gold standard, Tom, he had one famous quote, and it's, we're all Keynesians now. We're all Keynesians now, dude. What? What? That's what? a Hal Holbrook quote from the original Wall Street movie. We're all I haven't seen things this bad since that bastard Nixon took us <laughs> off the gold standard. There you go. Do you remember that? We're all Keynesians, man. So, uh, dude, th- th- this is this is pay- like the, the fiat currency that that we're working off of right now. It's, it's, it's a so fiat. it's so disappointing, man. Because what what did we just get for the stimulus to bail out? What? How much money does it cost to run our country right now? They they can't run it on five trillion. They can't run it on $8 trillion, but it's okay. Let's raise the debt limit. Because if we give them $10 trillion of our money, guys, 
They'll get it. They'll nail it at ten trillion. I'm sure they'll be responsible on this next batch of stimulus. QE fifty five, whatever it is, quantitative easing forever. They took all the money. They shut us down. They took all our money and they gave it to all their buddies. And now they're saying, I don't know what happened to all the money, guys. We're gonna default. You gotta give us some more of your money, otherwise, ah, it's gonna be catastrophic. Man, oh man, I gotta tell you, man, we are we are entering the 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 the, the Sherwood Forest phase of of the American economy. We are just getting ripped off by the people that are supposed to be Kai, can you pull up the Powell story? Pull up the Powell story because these two go together. So here's Powell. Fed's Powell feels heat from all sides as inflation spikes. Both the Fed and Biden administration have paid rapid price increasing or being stoked by temporary factors. What was the comment that he made? So this is Politico using the word spikes. Powell warned lawmakers on Wednesday that inflation is likely to remain high for months before cooling down in the wake of hotter-than-expected price increases in May and June, but he reassured them that the central bank was on top of it. Okay, guys, I just want to make sure. Don't worry about it. He's on top of it. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. He's reassuring the rest of us. So how bad? Right now we got 5.4%. What number you think it'll peak at? I believe that we have a 10 to 15% inflation year in progress. A 10 to 15%. So Damn straight. You because think they'll announce 10 to 15%? No, hell no. It's just like labor statistics. They're going to be manipulated. But I believe it's there. You can't find me anybody with common sense. And, I, I, and you know what? I don't care what level of education you have. Don't underestimate the man on the street. The average American, educated or not, you know, like college educated, whatever it is, they understand it. They see what's going on. Rents are going up because they're tied to housing prices. Housing is going up because it's tied to new housing. They just got to walk around a supermarket, Tom. Huh? That, that, Have you we, walked around a no, supermarket? Hang on, yeah. Let, now let's go to the let's go to the two necessary parts of the supermarket, right? Let's go back to uh, produce and let's go back to dairy. So look at a gallon of milk and go look at what's happening there. Uh, I'm shocked that you know the news media and politicians and that was Politico that actually used the word spike with inflation in a headline. You know how careful they've been on headlines all year. They're starting to see it. I think the average person on the street, and good grief, American Airlines and Delta send you emails saying, hey, uh, there's a fuel shortage. Shortage means prices go up. And we paid a little bit more on the PHP office renovation. These are just examples that we can talk about around at the table. You go down to Starbucks and you conduct a survey with the man on the street. You know what you're going to have? You're going to have people to tell you, oh, when I just went to buy a car, I can't even get a car. Oh, the lease was going to be this. This is going to be this. The average American is seeing it and feeling it, even though the headlines have been trying to make sure that Americans don't get too freaked out about it. We, so we have a lot I of- think we're at 10 to 15 percent right effing now pat we have a lot of like younger viewers that are, that are just getting that, started right so how, what how would you explain inflation to them how would you explain inflation to the 18 19 20 year old kid how would you explain it to them in a, in a way that they can tangibly you know understand what's going on without it, it coming off as some like esoteric scary uh you know economic term all right like there's a guy he's just starting his, his career wants to be an entrepreneur he's getting into sales so you're talking about high school what age kids you're talking about well let, let's say the bottom age of the, of the valuetainment demographic the people that are just getting into starting to to dip their toes in in politics economics they're starting to think about these things they're starting to 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 be curious about the world at large how would you explain inflation we talk about it a lot but i don't really think people understand the gravity of the situation how would you explain inflation to them I, I, you know, it's very interesting. My youngest, Brooker, who every now and then is on the uh, case studies. Awesome you know, she drops it. Yep. Thank you very much. So she's going into fifth grade. 
And I gave her a simple example like this. I said, you know that soda machine that I hate that's at your school? And now it's got 20-ounce sodas in there, all that caffeine and sugar. Yeah, what if you walk by it one day, it's a dollar. The next day you walk by, it's a dollar twenty-five, right? What is your allowance per week? She says, well, $10, but I have to do this and this and this and this. I said, that's right. And what if I just tell you that I'm only going to keep paying you $10? Mm-hmm. Yet you walk by the soda machine, now it's $7, it's $1.25. Brooke, that's inflation. Yep. What I pay you per week, now... Take a look at everything. Think of it as gas we put in the car, all these things. That's inflation, Brooke. Those prices go up, and yet you still make $10 a week, your little allowance. But she has to do things. I don't just hand it out. And now we're, we're entering, you know. So there's the basic A lot of libertarians are starting to throw the term death spiral out, where we're entering a situation where the federal government is advocating for higher taxes, wages are stagnant, and you have inflation. And they're pumping dollars in that the American consumer immediately spends and sends straight to the bottom line. People say, how's the stock market up? The economy is so bad. Because we pumped a bunch of money into the consumer's pocket. Mm -hmm. They spend it on things, and it lands on the bottom line, and it's supporting the stock market. There's actually somebody here who lived through inflation, right? Vanessa, you you were in, in Venezuela, right? Yeah, it's not fun. Runaway inflation. What what, what was it what like? Year, what year were you there? I left on... 2012. So that was before Chavez. Chavez was still alive, but my mom was like, I feel like she sensed it somehow. And she's like, you're out of here. And then a few years later, it went downhill. Yeah, but so it was already happening, the inflation. That's when it started, and then it got really bad. Yeah. And then they had to turn off electricity sometimes and yes. things, turn off water. And then Chavez got sick, and then he died, right? Yes, correct. But so this was at the beginning of it. Your mom saw it coming and got yes. you out. Yes, this was, you know, so people that don't understand, the price of bread was, just to use American terms, it was like $1, and the next day it was $2. A week later, it was $10, and then it was $1,000 yeah, a now month later. Any, like a bread could be like a million dollars now. For a loaf of bread? Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? A bread, a loaf of bread, compared to dollars, currency can be a million dollars. A loaf of bread is a million dollars in Venezuela. Yeah. Do you know the conversion, U.S. $1, Venezuela? It, it goes up so fast that I stopped. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that's 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 wow. that, that's society. That's the end of society. Why would anybody ever play by society's rules at that point? That, then it just becomes survival of the fittest. You go back to you know feudal warlords. But, but the, the biggest the biggest thing where where I'm happy about is the following. Let me tell you what I'm happy about, and not happy about, but I'm glad it's predictable. Anything that's unpredictable is quite scary. Things that are predictable to me, get, you actually pulled it up. I don't even know what number that is. Dear God. <laughs> oh, my God. $398 billion to buy. Yeah, that's why it's I can't keep up $400 billion dollars is $1. I, yeah, that's Bolivars. $400 million Bolivar to one. And any of us in the United States, you remember when the peso was that's crazy? $400 yeah. billion. You would <clears throat> You would take $10 in the United States, and you would go down to Tijuana, and you were given like 200,000 pesos, mm-hmm. yeah. remember? And gum was like... Fifty thousand. But let me say this. Let me let me say this part. The part that gives me confidence to follow it. If I do something wrong, there should be repercussions to it. So the best thing is that inflation is happening for the American people to realize the next time you say yes to just printing money for the hell of it, know that this is the consequences. You just have to know. If you say yes to this, this is what's coming. So maybe a temporary you know, relief or whatever, maybe. But you have to face this year right now with the inflation that, uh, and by the way, you know who inflation benefits? Who, who wins from inflation? The, the, the poor, the middle class, or the rich? Who wins from inflation? The wealthy. The rich all the day rich long. The rich always win. And by the way, who causes inflation? The wealthy. 
Who causes inflation? The, gov- the government responding to the policies that the rich want. Yeah, so it's it's the well, government. Well, actually, they don't always want it, but the government causes inflation. So you said the rich, the wealthy uh, uh, cause inflation, or the government causes inflation? I don't think that there's a distinction between the two anymore. So you think the rich are the government? Yeah, I don't think. I think that I, I call it the Ivy League cabal. It, it's There's a very, very clear, there's a very, to me, a very clear group of particularly Ivy League educated people. They all come from the same schools. They all go into the same groups. And they want a, a global government and they want a global economy. I don't think anything that's happening right now has caught any of these people by surprise. The, I agree. The, there's two things that you have to understand from my time in politics. There, You have two people, two sides. They come together. You have the greedy and the crazy. The crazy <laughs> and the greedy. That's it. You have the people who are ideologues who will do anything. They will give up their time on the weekends to stand in front of a post office to hand out literature. They're proselytizing. And they don't have a spreadsheet. This is their religion. This is their religion. Okay. And then you have the greedy. And they're just ambitious. And this is just a way for them to get what they want. And they understand Mm -hmm. anybody who's in the private sector and trying to compete, they're suckers. Why don't I just make the rules for me? Right? I always trust the greedy more than I trust the crazy. Because you can predict it. I can predict them. And I, I trust they want what's best for them. This is when, when people talked about Donald Trump was going to burn things to the ground, and I didn't vote for Trump the first time. I didn't think he would because all this guy cares about is his legacy. This is a guy who puts his name in 40-foot gold letters on every building that he owns. You think he was going to let things go down? Absolutely. You think he was going to let himself go down in history that way? No way. I trusted his, his ambition. I trusted his greed. Okay? What I don't trust is the crazy, and I think that's what we have now. People who want to see the thing burn to the ground because something new and noble will come from its ashes. We need to hollow this system out because it's not working for everybody. It's only working for 95% of us. So we got to burn it to the yeah, ground, yeah. go through 10 years of horror, yeah. and then something new and noble will emerge. That's where I think we're at, and that's what bothers me. You saw the whole new mask mandate, that masks are coming back? Yeah, wh- which one? <laughs> so, ma- first of all, DOJ is now uh, 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 allowing uh, the government to mandate vaccine if they chose to. So that's one that yep. we saw on Tuesday. Two, now CDC is saying that indoor, uh, not only whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, you're required to wear masks. They're going back at it again. Mm-hmm. I, I got a box. Because of- they found out yesterday that even vaccinated or unvaccinated people might be carrying viral load. You know, and they were talking yeah. about the, the nasal, I got masks nasal here, propagation. Just in case you wanted masks, Tom, <laughs> I, I got them here for you. And I got baby and you, masks. And, no, no, masks. and you've got, now hang on, Pat. You have N95. I you do. have medical masks. So I, I would have more more respect for this mandate if it was medical masks. You have to have an N95. Oh, this, are, you, wait, are you telling me this isn't a hazmat suit? Wait. I thought that this was a magic force field that protected me from everything. You're so funny. What happened? You're so funny. But what do you think about the mask being back? What do you think about masks well, being y- back? Um, yesterday, there were several municipalities and states. Oh, Nevada. Nevada came and said, hey, we're masks, uh, you know, what's it, 5 p.m. on uh, the 30th? Coming up the end of this week, they yep. even said. Because remember, between now and the 30th, apparently you're safe. So we're going to wait till the 30th. As of the 30th, we have masks come back. Uh, I, so I've never, I, I'm there with, with CDC and everybody that says if it, th- there is no dispute that if it's not an N95, the effectiveness of a mask is really. If it's not an N95. If it's not an N95, yeah. that the viruses come through, it's not there. So number one, I number one, I think they're 
that the mass thing is is kind of a fear mongering because it it really doesn't make a huge difference. It's a beautiful way for the globalists to literally muzzle the disobedient, and isn't an, it? Anonymize everything. And I and I am um, well. If you want to move from Max to vaccines real quick for a second. So yesterday, my mom has some teeth surgery. She's 84 years old. She had a terrible problem with the tooth. They got to put on a post. They had to knock her out to do it. So I go there, drop her off. She's an hour, two hours anesthesia. She comes out of it a little punch drunk. I took care of her for five hours. And her doctor says to me, it says, um, it says, oh, you're vaccinated. Okay, Babs, you're vaccinated. Great. Ba, ba, ba. And we got to talking, and he said, yeah, well, the uh, J&J booster shot, remember the saying, J&J? And he says, why is it? And he says, well, it turns out that the, uh, he says, you can go look this up, Tom. J&J was like one-third of the potency of Moderna, which is why people were complaining about Moderna. The people that got the Moderna sometimes said you had a higher percent of those people going, oh, my gosh, over three days, I thought maybe I got COVID from this vaccination. And then they would get their second Moderna and get the heavy feeling again. Well, apparently... If the, listening to this doctor, the J&J shot was one third of the uh, potency of the Moderna shot. So one third of the, you know, the, all the dynamic that goes in there to cause your system to respond and make antibodies, which is why J&J needs to have a booster. And by the way, n- n- then you go into the seasonal effect. What do we do every August in the United States? Oh, are you we, telling me the science on this isn't settled, Tom? Uh, are you telling me this is no. still in an experimental phase? No. And by the way, we get flu shots every year. We get flu shots every year because, remember, you know, winter is upside down Mm -hmm. in Australia. So by the time we get around to August, September, well, it could be a pretty good flu season here in the United States. Turn your mask. uh, Turn the mic off. Right. Mm -hmm. Keep going. And so uh, so that's how I feel. I feel that this there is so much that's unresolved here. So now you're going to tell me that I can go to work Mm -hmm. as long as I'm vaccinated. But what if I did get the J&J and I'm really not as resistant and now i can propagate it that is not as that is not the same as you getting the moderna if you are so, less likely to propagate it so being vaccinated is an unequal statement by scientific definition right because i could be more contaminant than you based on which vaccination i got with barely a year of research and the doctor also said that you got to take the vaccine every year it's kind of like a flu shot take your flu shot correct take your flu shot. so but 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 here's here here's the part here's the part that uh, uh, the DOJ is saying that the government can mandate you know government employees taking vaccines. When I was in the army, I had no choice. Here's how they broke it down to me: You are government property. You work for the government. If the government wants to give you shots, they can give it to you. And even in 1997, they said, "Look, they're going to give us all this stuff that they tested first on military folks. Now, we're we're like uh, test dummies, right?" Jacob's ladder. And you would go through this row. I was t- sh- talking to you oh. about it last night. Yep, yep, yep. You would walk, and there'd be two guys, like 11 people, five and five. It was five and six. I remember 11 shots. And it's air guns. You go, pss, 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 right, pss. right into your shoulder. One, 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 one. You get 11 shots right here. And if you moved, it cuts you. I mean, it's like legit stuff if, it, if you move. So they can go and do nonstop shots, and it's not a big deal when they're doing it, right? And soldiers are kind of coming through. They tell you there could be potentially side effects. 
You, there could be long-term ramifications to it. We don't know what's going to happen to you, but you have to do it. This is but what your government property, and you could die next year attacking somebody, so we're not I, really worried I about it. I wish so, you knew what it was that lets you function on three hours of sleep. I would take that shot tomorrow. <laughs> That's whatever they gave you. <laughs> <laughs> it's those vaccine <laughs> shots I think you ago. So you just inspired 18 people to take the vaccine to be able to go on three hours of sleep. It's but a 50-year anyway. time release <laughs> so, speed. Hey, if you choose to work for the government, if you choose to work, work for the government, hey, th- there's a part of it that you're a government property, military. Now, some of the other government employees, they can fight it. What becomes interesting is yesterday, I'm watching Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, oh, right? Man. And I'm sitting there watching him. I'm watching Don, and I'm seeing what they're saying. The Don, green-eyed monster. Yeah, I'm watching Chris, and, and we're going back and forth. And I think you were there sitting, we're watching Cuomo. Yeah. And uh, you see person after person after person. You saw Barkley yesterday. I don't know if you saw what Barkley oh, yeah. said yesterday about the vaccine. Barkley on, said- Chuck. Uh, 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 what was the words he used? He, he, he said what? What did he say? It'd be he terrible. It would be terrible. He said, if you haven't taken the vaccine, here, the only people who are not vaccinated, the only people who are not vaccinated are just assholes, okay? That's what Barkley said. And then uh, uh, you, you saw Pelosi going uh, at McCarthy talking about that. He's an absolute moron. moron. Yeah. You should get in the car, right? Then She's you saw the uh, Gerardo, uh, uh, Geraldo, or Geraldo on, um, I think it was the five, where he got up there and he says, if you don't take the vaccine, you're an absolute idiot. If you don't take it, why aren't you taking it, et cetera, et cetera, right? So now the next thing is, that let's, let's figure out ways to divide people even more. Before it was, you know, uh, uh, Trump against, you know, everybody else. Then before mm-hmm. that it was, you know, whoever, you know, January 6th insurrection, which is all over TV right now. And then it's now the vax against the unvax. And if you're unvax right now, you're absolute, you know, a menace to society. It's another Correct. way of trying to divide. So here's what my idea was. Yesterday, I presented my idea, right? Kai, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if you've seen it or not, Kai. Let's play the clip. Play the clip of what, what I think would be one way to help unify America. And I want to get your thoughts and I also want to kind of, kind of give you an idea of what's been happening since then and what kind of messages I started getting with this. Kai, if you can raise the volume, see where the volume's so at. And I'm going to pull my stats of your message here, too. Okay. And then uh, go ahead and press play. But I'm deeply concerned with how divided America is today. And I think there are only two people that can help us unify America, with one of them being former President Barack Obama and the other being, yes, former President Donald J. Trump. And this is why I'm putting $5 million of my own money Two and a half million dollars to President Obama, two and a half million dollars to President Trump to agree to do a long form interview to discuss ideas with only one thing in mind, to help unify America. Having said that, President Obama, President Trump, let me address why I think you ought to consider doing this. Number one, I think if we were to look at America as a left wing and a right wing, I think the voice of the left wing today is still President Obama and the voice of the right wing today is still President Donald J. Trump. But When I think about the two of you, I think about two people who both love America. They have different ideas, but I think both of you love America. And I also see today, whenever I see a husband and wife that are about to go through a divorce, we see signs of a divorce. You see it six months before, 12 months before, eight months before, and you try to do whatever you can to save that marriage, but you kind of see it's coming. I think the world, if they're watching us, China, Iran, Russia, is seeing a great divorce could potentially happen with the United States of America And what can we do to save that marriage? Obviously, they would love to see us get a divorce. But I think a man both of you admire, Abraham Lincoln, once said the following. We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched 
as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I think the world thinks the two of you are enemies. And it doesn't make any sense to have two presidents of the greatest nation in the world to be enemies. What do you think would happen if the two of you sat down together? How would China, Iran, or Russia react to that? Why does this matter to me? See, I have four kids. I just had my last kid two weeks ago. Brooklyn, Ivy, Bed, David, and I'm in the hospital looking at this baby saying to myself, your daddy's dreams became a reality because of this great country called America with the flag behind me. But are your dreams going to become a reality? Is this the same thing as it was 42 years ago, 22 years ago? I don't know. I'm going to do my part. I can't run for office, but I'm going to do whatever I can to unite this great nation here. So if you're watching this, and if you agree to this, I would love to schedule the time. And folks, if you're watching this and you want to see this become a reality, share it with everybody you know. I don't. By the way, if you're watching this, I'm curious. I'm watching the commentary right now. Put a thumbs up if you'd like to see this. Not whether you believe this could happen or not. Put a thumbs up if you'd like to see this. Put a thumbs down if you don't want to see this at all. You don't think it would do anything to help uh, reunite America. Gerard, your reaction to something like this if, if it were to happen? Well, first of all, you know, you're welcome. Um for uh, the usage of my backyard there. Uh, no, no Beautiful rent or place you got like there. That. I got to tell you. Yeah. Beautiful home. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, it's fine. You know, it's, we, we, we had the cabana open for you. Uh, what do I think? I think a, a, a discussion, not a debate, uh, an actual discussion between these two folks uh, on, on how we got to where we are and really just focused on solutions of how we can get forward past this would be the greatest thing to ever happen in the history of of American media. I cannot think of any time in my life that two opposing factions sat down and one took accountability for how we got here because they both have a hand in, in where the nation is right now and then proposed solutions going forward. You know, it, it's it's like getting two gang leaders to the table. The only thing that I could kind of think of was back in the day when I was young, and, and this is something a lot of people aren't going to know about, but it's part of my Irish heritage, so we were aware of it. It's when Clinton got the Crown and the IRA to sit down together and say, "Look, we got to stop. We got to stop blowing things up in Belfast. We got to stop putting bombs in in garbage cans in London." Right. And that the whole, had a, the that, whole Ulster question. That had a a, a massive effect on, on the world. The EU doesn't exist today without first that that domino of a uh, falling. Right. So I, I think any time there can be a detente, any time that there can be communication between two warring factions and make no mistake about it, the left and the right, the politicians in D.C. are at war with one another. Make no mistake about it. Any time that they can sit down and, and talk and walk us all back from the brink, I think it's it's a necessary thing. And and are you really going to put five million up for this? For five real? million bucks. So, for real, for real. Is that that's not a gimmick? Like a hundred percent. A hundred percent, five million bucks. Why would I say to not do it, dude? That's awesome. I hope I, you know, yeah. I, I hope that they, I hope that they are man enough to do it. I hope that they are man enough to sit down in their beliefs and say, "This isn't about me. This is about us." And I hope, I, I hope it gets to them, and I hope that they see this, and I hope that their first reaction is like, "No way." And then I hope the people out there. And the value tainers, because you guys hit up my DMs, and I know how persuasive you can be. I hope you guys are blasting these people. I hope you're blasting their camps. I hope you find out who their campaign managers are, because that's the truth. If you want to talk to these people, you find out who their campaign managers are, and you blast them with this. And you, you the squeaky wheel gets who, the oil. Who wants to see this happen? Who doesn't want to see this happen? That's the real question. I mean, if you... Think about, like, if you look at the messaging, and when this went out yesterday, I got a lot of calls from people saying, you know, I shared this with my group, and everybody said, you know, I had people saying, why the hell would Obama ever sit across a, you know, con man like Trump 
And then there were people that said, why the hell would Trump ever sit down with somebody that's as conniving? I mean, it's like on both sides. There are some people that cannot get that division out of their minds to see this thing take place. But who do you not think wants to see this happen? Who do you think wants to see this happen? I, I, I Look, we're a government, as, as you pointed out, uh, of identity, right? And identity politics is the tool of the left at the moment. They're run on identity, whereas the tool of the right is still running on ideas, but ideas and then identity is a close second and it creates a division. So I don't think Pelosi wants to see this. Pelosi has been spending, they would have to change. So Pelosi doesn't want to see it because they've spent so much time generating so much momentum, taking advantage of all the unrest and all the various forms of the last 14 months. I don't think she wants to see this because she would have to she would have to concede certain points. So I, I don't think the left is going to want to see this because they would have to concede points and they are the volatile side of the argument in terms of the incendiary part of it. Whereas the right tends to be the reactive part of it. They're usually reacting to the incendiary. There's sins on both sides, but I, I don't think that the hard left leadership wants to see it. The uh... I don't know if I could even say his name. It, it, it rhymes with uh, uh, C. Sing uh, Ting would not like to see this happen. He he's spent a lot more than $5 million to rip this country in half. And he's almost got it. They've almost got it. We, we what, what, let, me, let, me, let me ask the question a different way. I got, I got a guy yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to get a seat. He messaged me right now. His phone number. I'm texting him uh, 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 to get him on here. But here's... Here, look at it from a different standpoint. This text with you. Look at it from a different standpoint. Here's a question. Say it happens. Mm -hmm. Okay? Let's just say it happens. Let's say we have the meeting set up, and Trump and Obama are sitting right across from one another. Long-form interviews sit down. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, when I first announced this and we were talking about it, remember when this was? This was uh, uh, a few days before 4th of July when yes. I said, I want to do this. And you're like, Pat, this is crazy. You know, this is – and we went – I don't know to what time it was, midnight, when we were processing this together. We've known about doing this for how long now? Since 1 o'clock in the morning. 1 o'clock in the morning. This is a week before 4th of July. So yep. go whatever today's date is. Go yep. to then. That's about five weeks. And it happened off the cuff. We were at the kitchen, uh, 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 you know, yep. just having a conversation. I said, I'd like to see this take place, right? But say this takes place and they're sitting there together. My only reason why I think this, first thing you said, Pat, you think this could take place? I said, I think this could take place. But I said, there's only one person that wouldn't want this to happen. And you said, who wouldn't want this thing to happen? I said, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> said, and why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't Oprah? Because the first thing's going to be, if, the, if Oprah's camp gets a hold of this, they send it to her, she goes to ABC and says, let me do this interview. Why would I let somebody else do the interview? I think a long-form interview in a format like this to sit down and have the right questions to be asked, to hear both of them go at it, if that were to take place, how do you think the world's going to react? What do you think positively it's going to do to America if it actually did take place? Mm -hmm. And how will it do anything, any negative impact on who? So how will the world react? What positive impact will it have? And what negative impact will it have? Yeah, I, to me, first of all, it would be cathartic. 
Like I, I'm done with debates. The, these these canned questions and the sound bites. I'm done. It's not a, it's not an actual debate. A sit down conversation where they actually could call each other, you know, see each other as as equals. See each other not you know not necessarily as adversaries, but two wings of the same bird. Look, we we talk about it on this podcast all the time. I just want to live in the same reality with people I disagree. I don't need to agree with everybody. I just want to live in the same reality that they live in. There's people when I was up in New York, I'm like, you dude, we don't live in the same reality. When there's people who Looking at Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, telling us the voluntary phase of this vaccination is over. And people being like, okay, good, that's a good thing. And I'm like, what? We're not living in the same reality. That the government just said that they're going to come to your door, kick the door down, and shove something that you don't want inside your body. I mean, what? I mean, what, what's the difference between consent and what, what's the difference between, you know, and not? It, it's consent. What's the difference? I'm not going to use the R word and get this thing, but I'm saying that's it. The difference between sex and something else is just consent. That's all it is. So now these guys are going to take your body. They think they own you. The government does not own me. The government does not Stay own on this me. Topic. Tell me about this topic, though. Who, who, Tom, who, who, how would the world react to it if this were to actually happen? Well, this happened in my lifetime, yeah. and you would have been very, 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 very small. But uh, one of the gentlemen's probably one of the nicest and most uh, integrous people ever to be in the White House, but he was a very ineffective leader and president, which is Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter got the Camp David peace accord pulled off, and the world watched in shock as he took Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat, I believe it was, to Camp David and got them to agree on things and agree to peace. And there are many people, including me, I'm not part of politics, but everything I've read, it cost Anwar Sadat his life. He was assassinated later. But they, a world watched in absolute shock and awe in a good way as the two sides came together. And if Kai can find the pictures of it, Camp David Peace Accord, going back there, uh, before it was right before 1980, um, it's happened before in our lifetime where two avowed enemies got together and the world was shocked and inspired. There they are. Look at that picture. They were they were actually laughing. There was relationship. Look at there. You can't fake that. That was not modern day faked images, Pat. Those images there are men who now have some semblance of a relationship as a result. And it started as a sit down brokered by Jimmy Carter, who was in the middle of breaking the U.S. economy. Another story brokered by Jimmy Carter to get these two folks together. So what do you think would happen? If these, I if, think you'd have this kind of, you're, you're not on a Camp David stage and Nobel Peace Prize and all this stuff, but I think that if you truly got it together, there would be a percent of people that look at it like this and would be re really inspired by it. Pat, look at the far left, the first picture. Look at him there with Jimmy Carter, hand on his heart, lower, lower left, okay? Before, now look at, now, yeah. The, 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 which two guys don't look like they want to be there? And then look at the other picture. I, I believe we can make progress on this. More, more and I think we've seen it right here in our lifetime when you get sides together and you can have some sort of a dialogue and move it forward, something, something can happen. There'll be parts of this country that don't want it to happen, G, that, 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 that want to undermine it all. But I, I, I think... It would be a moment that I think would More be strong. What, what would you hope to get out of it? 
I mean, what would you hope to get out of it? What would you ask them? How could you get them off of their talking points? Yeah. How could you? They, they're so entrenched in their talking points. How would they just not take the money and use it to further messaging that's already out you there know, all over the place? Somebody asked me a question. They said, you know, why don't you give the $2.5 million to charity? I said, I don't. The money can go anywhere it wants to go to. If they want to give it to charity or if they want to keep it. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna keep raising money to see if this money needs to get higher for us to be able to make this happen. Whether it's somebody said, why don't you announce that anybody that matches your five million, they're actually in the room when the interview takes place. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to match five million, what if we get ten people that put up five million? Now we got fifty million dollars. Now we're raising some money. What if people are donating a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, five thousand dollars? to be able to make this thing happen and then eventually we get the attention. I don't know if we're announcing $100 million, you might be million. able to, You might be able to afford Hunter Biden for $100 million. Yeah, if, if we get to $50 million a pop. If Do we I get, get a to, painting? If we get to a point where we're raising that kind of money to get the attention of it, you want to give it to charity? What do you want to give it to, President Obama? You want to give it to Illinois mm-hmm. to help some kids out? Great. Mm-hmm. Hey, President Trump, you want to help some of it's the guys yours. out in Do what you want. Do what you want to do with it. Yeah. Yours, charity, whatever it may be. Here's, here's what I do believe. Here's what I do believe. I believe this is going to happen. I fully believe this is going to happen. Fully believe this is going to happen. Uh, it, the only thing with this on whether it's going to happen or not is whether people want to see an Oprah Winfrey do the interview or if people want to see a podcast do the interview. That's the real difference. I'm willing to go raise the money. I'm willing to have that money being uh, brought up. I've sat in a lot of different conversations in my life where people who didn't want to talk to each other and I've always seen 99% of issues that you have will be resolved when you face off with each other. Because at the end of the day, even the person you can't stand the most, if you spend a few hours with them and you talk, you'll eventually realize we have a lot more mm-hmm. in common than we actually think. In common. Right. We, if, if you actually think about how many things Barack Obama and Donald Trump differ in, how many things you think it is? How many things is it? Say stuff that they fully disagree with. Is it a thousand things? Is it a hundred things? Is it fifty things? It's probably nuance within those things. But but what I'm saying to you is, how many things you think it is? Is it is it family? You think neither one of them value family? You think neither one of them uh, uh, value uh, the ability to communicate a message? You think neither one of them value the ability to right. work hard. You think Obama became a two-term president by now working his tail off on the campaign. You think Trump became who he is today by now wanting to go out there and work his tail off to make money. What, what, what values do they do? There's, there's hundreds they're on the same page with. The, the idea becomes, let's identify what the two of you guys agree with. Mm-hmm. What are some areas that you disagree with? And how do we get here? And what are both of you willing to commit to? You chose to go into public service. Nobody encouraged you to go into it. You chose to go into public service. What do we need to do to bring this thing together? Because at this point of the game, it's no longer about, you know, uh, uh, whether America is going to be the greatest country in the world forever. That's not what it's looking like right now. You got countries like China that are catching up. You got countries from many different places that are not intimidated of America like they once used to be. I think if they sit down together and they go from one state where we're talking and asking some questions about how we got here, and then it gets to a point where I just pause and I say, can you guys just talk, the two of you, and we're going to watch? What questions do you have for each other? I think there's got to be an approach where they talk to one another and then we ask the questions and then see where that goes. But I can tell you by the time it's over with, uh, if it's done properly, the world's going to look at it and say, this is not good. 
Because if it becomes them against the world, this is not a good thing if it becomes them against the world. Could that happen? Could it not happen? I don't know. But all I'm, when, when a lot of people say it's a terrible idea, one guy said it's a narcissistic idea. I have no idea how this is a narcissistic <laughs> idea to come up with this. You know, when you think about an idea, I got people that said, I don't know why nobody else thought about this before. I don't know why nobody else has announced this before. Well, the reality of it is, if we can unite, is America worth uniting? The answer is what? Of hell course. yes. If it's not, then you give me your alternative. If somebody says, terrible idea, what's your idea? What do you suggest doing? Somebody said we should put all the media heads on a yacht, send them out there, and you know, sink the ship. You had somebody on Twitter that said this. People are making some of the most ra- you know, random comments about how to go out there to help uni- reunite America. In a situation <laughs> like this, if you don't think this is a great idea, I'd like to see other people propose their well, ideas. By the way, the yacht example, Harry Truman said it, right? The, uh, you've been to the, uh, the Capitol. They have those enormous, enormous statues, mm-hmm. the Statuary Hall of the Capitol. Well, apparently, once upon a time, those were all right above the Senate building, and they noticed cracks in the ceiling. And they told Harry Truman, says, yeah, we can't do something at the Senate today because they're up there moving all the statues around because they're worried that all these statues are going to come through the ceiling. Yeah. And he said, don't move the statues. Someday those statues may do a great service to the American people. <laughs> the, uh... And it's kind of put them all on a yacht and sink it, right? Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm with Pat, right? You, you know, this is the classic example of America is a family in a car, Pat. Where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't care. Well, if somebody doesn't make a decision, we all go hungry. And I think it's... If you don't like this idea and you don't want to do it this way, how do we want to do it? Because we, we, we got to come together and we, we have to get a unifying force. And you know what's really funny? The further and further and further that you usually push citizens apart, you usually have an anti-government fracture. Mm-hmm. You usually will have a fracture on both sides. The farther and farther you push people apart, and it, the, the most dangerous thing for a politician is one thing. He says, a suddenly unified populace. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous for power. I'm not talking about death and you know, overthrow the government or coups. It's dangerous for shifts of power because you get things like the Great Depression. You get things that, that happen. And the most dangerous thing for politics status quo is a unified populace spurred by a crisis. All right. So like I, when they all, regardless whether you're liberal or conservative, are trying to figure out how to pay ten bucks for a gallon of milk. Exactly. Um, yeah. When when they have nothing to eat, so they so they they eat the top. I, I get it. But the I, I would love nothing more than to see this. I would love 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 to see this. But I let's be real. If I'm working in Obama's camp, why am I ever? If he's like, oh, what do you guys think I should do this? Now he's thinking I should sit at that table because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk circles around this guy. He probably saw the debates and was like, I would have destroyed this dude in the debate. He would like he wants to smoke. Obama wants to smoke. Every single person in his camp is going, dude. What do you benefit from this? You're not you don't have any office to run for. Trump is still up for re-election. Trump, this makes all the sense in the world. If I'm in Obama's camp, I'm like, what? What is this fight for? Yeah, you got you gain nothing by doing this. You can gain nothing. You can just lose everything. Why would you even sit at that table? What? What's the? He doesn't need the money, Pat. Right? He well, has all the that. followers. Hang on, in the world. hang on, hang on. Three years from now, with inflation, pack of Salem's could be two and a half million bucks. I could use a little change. It was okay. It was a little Elvis, but it was it was it was fifty fifty there. You should have led with a. Let me. No, be clear. I, th- I think there's more. I think there's more uh, idealist inside Obama than react. What's the pitch? I don't think the money's the pitch to Obama. What's the pitch? I, I think Obama still uh, appreciates and wants relevance. 
It's got to be bigger than that. I don't think that's what it is. I think Obama. I think I think what you said is one. I think to Obama, uh, you know, it's you don't you a, think relevance and legacy matters to him? I think he may be the coolest cat we've had as a president uh, I've ever seen, minus Reagan. Remember what I said. I didn't say a uh, policies. You ever seen Obama lose his mind? Have you ever seen Obama flip out? Smooth. Have you, maybe you, maybe four times, five times the entire eight years. I don't think I've ever seen him. I don't think I've ever seen Obama angry where he snaps in a way where some of these other guys have snapped. I don't think I've ever seen any any time that take place. Obama doesn't if, – if Obama wants to do whatever Obama wants to do, Obama's going to – Obama's at a point right now, young guy, he's still got a lot of living to do. He's going to stay relevant. He can do whatever he wants to do. People are going to want to participate. Huge 60. Yeah, so, he's not so, even 60. Uh, you got to remember that. going crazy, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't think he's uh, sitting there worried about if he's going to get another project. This has simply got to come from a point of, okay, um, I've done what I've done, but can you imagine – because think about it this way. The whole story of uh, Lawrence Miller, the book, Barbarians to Bureaucrats, that every society goes through a few different phases. You got the prophet, you got the barbarian, which prophet in this setting would be who? The founding fathers. Barbarians would be who? The industrial revolution, the soldiers that went out there and they fought for freedom. Okay, that's not him. Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. Builders and the Explorer. You put Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan Chase, Carnegie's. That's the builder and the explorer. Then you got the uh, uh, administrators. Administrators are who? The lawyers. Let's put some laws together, right? It starts with Eisenhower. Right. So then you got, then, so that's taxes, 1913, right? 1906. That's when uh, SEC, you know, you got all that other stuff that comes in 1913 taxes. Fed- federal started. income tax starts right. at the end of World War I. Yeah. So, we'll, so, so then after that, you have the bureaucrats and aristocrats. That's the last phase. And you know what happens when you get the bureaucrats and aristocrats? Madame Guillotine. Then comes the fall. We are at the bureaucrats and aristocrats phase. Here's a part. If Obama, if President Obama wants to be known as the synergist, synergist that brought it together, if Obama wants to be known as the synergist, there will, there will only be one in this area. There won't be six synergists. If you want to be a synergist where you bring it together, you have a level that you go to that you're in a league of your own. That's all there is to it. Because right now, so, he, his legacy is one of division. There's no way that he can do it. A lot can, of people will say that, but a lot of people will say that about Trump as well. You can't just oh, say it yeah. on one side. A lot of people will say the to legacy me, they're, on both they're sides. they're mirror opposites. That yeah. What I'm trying to say is both of them will be able to say, look, set aside the money. I don't even care what you do want with the money. I want you to give it to the following charity here, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Great. Hey, maybe they'll, they'll even contact me and they'll say, if you get to $200 million, we'll do it. I'll go raise the money. I don't have a problem with the money. Whatever the number is, we'll go raise the money if they want to happen. And maybe we'll even do this that it's official we're doing and we're going to give the money to whoever the charity may be. We'll pull that off. That is not a challenge to do. But a synergist is a permanent legacy that will be talked about for hundreds and hundreds of years. That is a very, very unique place to be. Bring it to the lowest level. Bring it to the lowest level. Let's go to the lowest, lowest level, okay? People are texting me right now saying, Pat, I will put a half a million dollars right now. I'll put a quarter million dollars right now. These are friends of mine that are business people. Say, this guy, I will put up $100,000 right now for that interview. Okay, So that's so, individual chats. What's happening here? I, I'm, Who's putting money on us? I don't know what's going on here. Let me go back to my point here, Tom. So so to go back to this thing. Uh, uh, synergist. Synergist. Yeah, the synergist, one but, synergist. Yeah, so, uh, okay, go back to your family. Go, go, go back to your family. Go to your family and think about the two relatives 
that nobody could have brought them together. Mm-hmm. Who are the two relatives? No, you don't need to say the names, but you yeah. know exactly what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Every family has them. Mm. Here's a question. Did they ever come together? It took a death. Who brought them together? The death of my grandmother. That, okay, it took a death of a grandmother. It took a death. Okay, so t- the death could be what? The fall of an empire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. So do you remember yours? You don't need to say who it is, but do you, do you, did that ever happen to your family? Yeah, it was my parents getting married, and they both have told me what happened and who was there. It was amazing. And so the marriage brought them together. The wedding itself brought them together, but then at the reception, no bad words were spoken, but they went their ways. So my mom and dad said they'll never be in the same room together once they got a divorce. From, from July 15th. Excuse me, le- they were in the same pew in the front row together for yeah. 60 minutes for the wedding, and everybody was shocked. And afterwards, they were very polite, but they so, left. So my, so July, to your point. So July 15th, 89, we escaped Iran. That was the last time my mom and dad were in the same room together. When, my, when they got a divorce, my mom said, I'll never be uh, in the same room as your dad. My dad said, I'll never be in the same room with your mom. I said, great, no problem. I'm getting married. So they call me, so we haven't gotten an invitation. I said, it's because you're not invited yet. <laughs> they said, what do you mean we're not invited? I said, you think the first time you're going to meet each other is at my wedding? You think it's, that- a, it's a one-room wedding. Yeah. So I said, you think you guys, I said, the only way you're invited to the wedding is if you guys are willing to sit down and have a conversation together. Mom and dad came together at my house. They spent three hours together after 20 years of not being in the same room. And then I said, are you guys able to do this? We can. Then we did. My wedding pictures right now, every time I look at the, what do you call it, the family wedding pictures, you see the picture there? It's so, every time I watch it, I crack up because nobody knows the politics behind it to me. I look at my dad's face and my mom's face. It's only two faces I look at when I look at that picture right there. It's classic. The point is this. In every family, someone unites. I call it the Doug mentality. Diffuse, unify, glue. Diffuse, unify, glue. Diffuse, unify, glue. You have to diffuse the issues that we have today in order to unify and be the glue. Glue brings people together. The media is the complete opposite. Is divide, divide, divide. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. Whatever they can do to impose conflicts against each other is divide, divide, divide. We want to diffuse. We want right. to unify. We want to be glue. If these guys were to come together, it wouldn't be for the money. I agree. If they have a number that they want us to raise and make this happen, we'll go out there and make it happen. I don't even want this thing to be, some people call me and they said, you're probably going to go sell this on pay-per-view. You're going to go sell this to ABC. You're going to go sell this to this. That's what I don't want to do. Matter of fact, I'll even do it in a way to not even monetize this for people to realize this needs to happen. This is not about a monetization type of a stuff. This is we need to have this thing to become a reality. If you want this thing to happen, let's go out there and do it. I want to see this happen because I'd like to look back and say, okay, look, in reality, who has more experience when it comes down to the, the, the stuff that happens at the at U.S. government? Us, Trump, or Obama? Oh, my God, Trump and Obama. Trump and Obama. Okay, great. Well, let's come on down. Let's sit down. Here's how I see it. When I process this, the reason why I haven't announced it for the last five weeks, what's a week before 4th of July? July, say June 28th. So June 28th to today is what? Exactly four weeks, right? It was a Saturday. Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. We had a gathering for, I don't know what, what it was about. Matter of fact, no, I'm sorry. It was a week before Brooklyn was born. It was, so mm-hmm. it was like July, uh, June 20th or something. Correct. Baby shower at the house. Yeah. I don't even remember what the date was for that. Yeah. Was it's, it mid-June? It's got to be six weeks you, ago. You anyway, a, right before Labor Day. It was before, right before that Labor because Day. I was still in uh, Dallas, and you called me, Tom, what do you think of this and this That's and this? Right. That's right. And I right. said, let's process this. I yeah. love the idea. I'll it see was, you next week. It was in your old place in Boca. Yeah. You, you had the whole team over there, and then things were kind of settling down. And, you know, we were like, dude, you're about to have your fourth kid, man. And you were like, man, you had like this moment of like reservation. Like, I, I hope that she has the same country that my other kids are growing up in. 
And that's and that's when it was like, well, okay, yeah, it's just, these are tense times for sure, man. And you were like, okay, what can I do? I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Obama and Trump together. And we were like, uh, okay, <laughs> how are you gonna do that? No, 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 I'm gonna do it. Uh, all I, right. <laughs> I I I I thought about it. And here's what I thought about. So if this happens, China's gonna have a few steps back to take. Okay. Uh, Number two, you know, you know what I'd like to see happen with this. First, we do the the discourse, the civil discourse for them to go back and forth. I think neither one of them is scared of the other one. Oh I, no! I think Obama's up for it, and I think Trump is definitely up for it. I think neither one of them is sitting there saying, "I will never." You know, I think it's more the only reason this I think one Obama happened, talks circles around Trump. In I this think I think I think the only people that will not make this happen is the people around them. It's the only people. I think Trump wants to do it. I think Obama would love to do it. And I think, you know what I'm most excited about this? Here's what I'm most excited about this. This is what would make my day if this were to happen. Say they come down, they have a conversation together, okay? Here's my favorite part. Afterwards, it's for them to go and spend a couple hours just by themselves with nobody being around. Just talk. No one to be around. Like on a playground? No, like no, no and I'm being serious right now. No, no camera, no audio, no nothing. No fan base, no advisor on your side, no advisor on the other side. Just the two of you talk. Sometimes you got to talk by yourself to the person that's your enemy and just sit down and say whatever the hell you want to say that's not on camera. What do you want to tell them? Talk to each other. I, 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 can, I, I see that being way, way, way less likely than the actual Well, hang on. I, I, don't, I, don't, no, no, no. I, I don't. I don't see it less likely. Let me, let me, let me, likely. Let me interrupt. Yeah. Go back and look what happened to Camp David Peace Accords. They took a break. And without their handlers, they were all going to take a break and just go amongst themselves. Carter over here, Begin over here, Sadat over here. But Begin and Sadat took a walk through the woods. It's not really woods. It's paths at Camp David together without their handlers and without the media. And they say that there were breakthrough elements on that walk. And it was away from the cameras. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you've been studying this or everything, but what you're saying, history shows it's correct. Yeah, History but, shows it right. A little time together, one on one, would facilitate, and it, it happened. I don't think that it wouldn't. I just think I, I can't see the handlers letting it happen. I can't see the teams letting it happen. We live in a time, guys. Build back better is everywhere. But a year before they broke it, they're going to build it back better. They're the ones that they're broke the, it. But they're the ones that would do it. They're the ones that would do it. If there's any two people that would do it, it's the two of them. Like you know, it's 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 like it's like go play around the golf. With nobody, just secret service outside, but nobody can hear your conversations. Go spend a couple hours together. What does the world do if they see these two guys golfing 18 holes, nine holes? They've experienced and something only 40 other people on earth have ever experienced. Being, they've, that's it. 43 that, other have that, experienced. That's it, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah so, I, I, absolutely. But at this point, again, this is the part. I does does Obama uh, think for himself, or is he afraid of what other people tell him what to do? Does Obama is you think Obama's going to be the person that's going to say, "Hey, don't say that, Obama," and Obama's like, "Okay, I'm not going to say it." I, I think there are elements of that. Yeah, I no. Uh, uh, I disagree. As, I think I, Obama knows what he's all about. As I think far Trump as, knows what he's all about. as far as as far as maybe some things that will not work in the campaign, I agree. Don't wear this tie. Wear this. You know that kind of stuff. Of course, he's going to like, "Okay, you're the expert in this area." You think someone's going to be able to say, "Hey." Don't say that policy or this or that. Or, you know, okay, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to do that. I don't. I think he's going to do what he's going to do, and I think Trump's going to do what Trump's going to do. Heck, we know when he was president, nobody could tell him what to do. Some of the stuff he would do, you're like, that you, was not a good move. You think Obama, right there. if Obama was completely autonomous, he would have extended the Bush tax cuts? I don't think so. If Obama was autonomous, would was he have completely extended? autonomous? Would he have extended the Bush tax cuts? 
but that was that was a part of his message. He felt the solution was to raise taxes. He felt that was the solution. Yeah. I don't. Okay. That's, so he extended the Bush tax cuts. That's. I'm not. So what I'm saying is, I, I I don't I don't know if I I I see Barack Obama. Uh, I see Donald Trump less this way, but I see Barack Obama more as the the front man of a team than as a an individual driving force. Uh, I don't know. I see differently. I see I see he's at a phase of his life. Did you see his interview with Letterman? Did you see his interview yeah. when he did with Letterman? Yeah. You, have you seen some of the stuff that he's yeah. done after presidency? I've seen all his work. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a kind of guy that just wants to have his fun and live his life. And you've seen with Bruce Springsteen right now, they got yeah. their you know, podcast going on that they're doing what they're doing. And by the way, this would, in, in another way, even if Obama did something like this, imagine what it's going to do to everything else. I mean, imagine how this drives everything else he's currently working on. Maybe he wants to show a new version of himself. Sometimes the biggest part about, you know, we talked about this. I was given a talk uh, uh, last week in Dallas. There was like a thousand guys. I'm at this event called 8% Nation. I was kind of telling you about this. And at the top, I talked about two topics. And I gave the story of Jane Elliott that Tom shared with me, the story of the third grade teacher. And we talked about propaganda and gaslight, gaslighting. One of the things I talked about is I said, if you're not too careful, like in high school, in junior high school, what was Gerard's reputation? What did 50 other kids think of Gerard? Gerard was who? In junior high school? Junior high school, eighth oh, grade. Uh, who, who was Gerard? A little chubby kid got bullied and uh, was good at sports, but pretty shy. And, okay, there yeah. he goes. Let's stay there. Yeah. Who, what was what did kids say about Tom Ellsworth in eighth grade? Uh, three things. What? You joke too much, you talk too much, but you're a smart guy, and I want to be work with you on projects. Okay, perfect. Go to senior year. What did they say about Tom Ellsworth? What did they say about Gerard and senior? That dude's the man. Really? Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so at, you went from eighth grade. Shy kid, chubby, yeah. decent athlete, but you know. Football, freshman year, changed everything. But Weight room, my whole body Senior year, yeah. he's the man. Three sport. Three, hey, senior year, who sports, were you? Yeah. Senior year. Uh, people knew I was really smart. I still joked a little too much. I still talked a little too much. But people said, you're going to do something. Okay, now go to 30 years old. What was your reputation at 30 years old? Matter of fact, just go to 25. You graduated from college. What are you doing at 25? What was your reputation at 25? Uh, it was my la- last year in the minor leagues. It was probably somebody that was hanging on to a dream too long. Probably somebody who was staying at the party too long. Okay, uh, so yeah. that's twenty five. Yeah, were you were you fun to party with? Did, yeah. did you have the reputation? Probably too much. Yeah. Okay, Tom, twenty five. What was Tom's reputation? Uh, I was. So that was my twenty five years old. Was my second job. It was at LA Cellular, and I had gotten promoted twice because I just got it done. And I think the reputation, without any ego in it, was he gets it done. Okay, so here, here's where I'm going to with this. Uh, today, what's Tom's reputation today? What's Gerard's reputation today? Go to your reputation today, right? Whatever it may be. You don't have to say. Just think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the point I'm trying to make to you. How many times have you recreated your reputation and your identity? How many times? Yeah. Many, many times. And by the way, some are currently going through maybe trying to recreate our, their identity. Right. Some of us may be going through recreating our identity right now. Nobody knows about it. We want to be known as, hey, this is what I've been known for for the last five years. I'm going to work on X, Y, Z, right? I don't know. I think Obama maybe wanted to recreate his identity to come out and say, hey, you know, this is my position now. I know a lot of you guys have put me in this box as I'm this person. And some of you guys have put me in the box as I'm this person. 
but I kind of want to recreate my identity. This is who I really am at this phase of my life based on the experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I foresee. If this were to happen, it would be because I'm not who any of you guys think I am. There's a part of me of who I am that you think I am. Yes, that is who I am. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me you know nothing about. I am at this phase of my life, and I want to be known for dot, dot, dot. And a synergist to me, I don't think the book Power Versus Force. You ever read the book Power Versus Force by David Schwe- uh, by, uh, Kai, can you pull up Power Versus Force chart? Pull up Power Versus Force chart. Yeah, the rainbow, the rainbow triangle. Yeah, if you pull up Power Versus Force's chart, go to images. So this is what he talks about in this book. It's a powerful book, by the way. I read this 20 years ago. If you can make it bigger so everybody can see it. Okay, there you go. Lowest level of where to be is shame. Okay, this is a level of consciousness. It goes from shame to guilt to apathy to grief to fear to desire to anger to pride. First level of consciousness where you're actually becoming a leader and living a bit of a uh, freer life is courage. Then it's neutrality. Neutrality is you can entertain opposing conversations. Then you're willing to have a conversation. You're willing to be open to it. Then your acceptance of people. I accept the fact that you're different than me. I accept the fact that we have differences. Then it's reason. You have the ability to reason. Let's reason an issue together. Then it goes to love, joy, peace, enlightenment, right? A synergist is loving above. A synergist is loving above. You want to be a synergist? Let's make this happen. You want to be a synergist? Let's make this happen. I think in this year, if you look at Trump or Obama, you'd probably put Trump in what level? What level would you put Trump? What level would you put Obama if you put it there? Uh, Trump somewhere between pride and courage. Okay. Obama? Acceptance and reason. Mm, Courage. Yeah, and I'd put them in the same place. So both in the same place. Okay. Maybe some may say higher, some may say lower. But the point is, if you want to get to the next level where your legacy say, this guy reunited America, yeah. I think that's that's a that's Look, a long time. I don't think it would take a lot of uh, courage for him to sit down with, with you or, or Trump. I think that that's something that he would welcome, he would want to do. The courage is standing up to his team that's going to tell him there's nothing in this for you. There, more importantly, Barack, there's nothing in this for us. There's nothing in this for our He has for to love America power. more than the NC. He has to love America more than he loves the DNC. Oh, I don't know if he does. I okay, don't think he that's does. That's the question. He has to love America more than he loves Democratic I Party. I don't know if there's a Democrat that I know right now that loves America more than they love the Democratic Party. Yeah, oh, and- Manchin would be America more than Democratic okay. Party. I don't know yeah. him, though, but yeah, yeah Joe yeah, Manchin. Yeah. Manchin, would be, Manchin would be a guy that loves America more than the Democratic. And I think there's a few others as well, by the way. But if Obama's at a point right now that it's more America than a Democratic Party, you would do the sit-down. Mm. I'm just saying, if it is, if it's really America more than your party, you would do the sit-down. If it's, if it's really more America than the Republican Party, Trump would do the sit-down. I think Trump does the sit-down, no problem. No he problem. does it, he does it, no, no problem. problem. So but but it, it's advantageous, in fairness. To him. It's, it's politically advantageous for yeah. him to do it. Do you, think it. do you think it helps him more? You think it helps Trump more if this becomes a reality? I, but I don't think I don't see this as a debate. I don't. I see this. I don't either. I, I see, see this, this as, as a you discussion. trying to facilitate yeah. solutions. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost want to bring them together. I ask literally three, four, five questions, and then they go. Go for it. That's that's my only outcome. Is not even to ask any questions. Not like so. Tell me. It's like hey, boom, boom, boom. Then I say, look, what questions do you have for one another? Yeah. You know, we have a few different issues to go through. I think these are the things that America would like to know 
Uh, what are your thoughts on these three different issues? I'd be curious to know if you guys have questions for each other. How do we get here? And if President Obama asks Trump questions, President Trump asks Obama questions, we just sit there and listen. Yeah. And it can go 90 minutes where no one's saying anything, but they're talking to each other. That's what I think the world wants to see. This is not like a moderator, so tell me, you got two minutes for an answer. No, this is not that. This is what's really on your mind. Yeah. What, what, how do you think we got here? What part of it do you think is on your side? What part of it do you think is on their side? And to your point, you know who really would probably be the most pissed off is the extremes. Like the, the crazy MAGA, right? Left, and far the left crazy and far, far right, right would hate this. They'd hate it. They would hate this. AOC How? would hate it. Yeah. yeah. Bernie yeah. would hate it. Which, which is why because I want to see it all the more. Because well, I don't think they love America. I think they're kind of on the Marxist side of things. Sorry, but. Well, that's the whole Build Back Better thing that I was talking about before. This the global thing, right? The Build Back Better, things were quantifiably, like quantifiably better than they've ever been before. Humans had more access to nutrients. We were safer. The people were living longer. Humanity three years ago had never reached the levels that we reached. We have we basically have recreational in, in 80 years, we went from horse and buggy to recreational space flights. You know what I'm saying? Like we're killing it as a species, but we're being presented with this idea that 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 you know London Bridge is falling down. We have to build back better. This thing was the system wasn't working. Dude, it's it's Marxist BS. You can't sell revolution in times of prosperity. So they have to present this image that, that things were crumbling, and they weren't. Things were going great. Do we do we have the phone ready if I'm calling somebody? I, I got somebody here that just is, wants to make a commitment. Yes, you can do and a, it And time. a good-sized commitment to make this happen. Uh, let me know You can once. plug in your phone, too, if you want. Uh, let me know if we're... Don't forget to plug in the phone. Uh, it's plugged in, just yeah. so you guys know. Right now it's about... Please say your name. Hang on once. Oh, I've got to state my name. Give me one second. Okay, so I'm going to call him up. This is Aaron. Um, Aaron is this the... This number is using RoboKiller to screen their calls. No problem. Kai, Please can you pull up Redcon Gym? Redcon Gym is a big gym here. Uh, Aaron, this is Patrick Bed David. He is the CEO and founder of Redcon One. It's not just a gym. It's also a supplement Thanks. company that they do extremely well. All our guys here go to their gym and use their supplements. And Aaron is known in the bodybuilding world. That is Hello? himself. Aaron, how are you? Aaron, can you can you hear Hello? us? Yeah. How hey, you doing, buddy? How, how you, you feeling? Patrick? Good, good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thanks for taking this call. I know you uh, messaged me yesterday, and you commented yesterday, and we went back and forth, and I said, are you willing to say that on the podcast? And you agreed. So... If you don't mind telling the viewer, what was your reaction when you saw that? Uh, do you think it's a good idea? And if yes, why? Yeah, so both me and my wife uh, saw it, and she commented to me, checked us out. And uh, I think it's a fantastic idea, and uh, something needs to happen to save this country. And uh, I feel like, uh, why not you? Why not these two guys get together and, and start hashing it out? They're two obviously very well-respected people from each individual party and I thought it was a great idea and I said hey man how can I help can I throw in some money and make it sweeten up the, the pot for for get these guys together uh, and Aaron if you don't mind if, if the audience doesn't know you we have your picture up right now on uh, the podcast do you mind sharing with folks what it is you do yourself what it is you and your wife do sure well I am the uh the founder of Redcon One which is the fastest growing sports supplement company in the world we're sold in 90 countries uh, worldwide, uh, Walmart, United States military, um, Biden shop, GNC, et cetera. So uh, 
we do that. And, and then we also run the Red Cohen Foundation, which gives back to military families in, in need. And uh, very patriotic uh, brands. Me and my wife are both very patriotic. Darielle, my wife, helps run the foundation. And we try to do things to help give back, you know. And we've been very fortunate in this life to be able to do that. And, and uh, you know, it, it was great uh, spending time with your uh, wife and your son, I believe. That was on my daughter's birthday. Yeah. This was, what, uh, six, uh, two months ago? I think maybe two, two and a half months ago, something like that, whatever May was. So two months ago. And uh, yeah. spend time with right. the family. So go ahead. No, I, I wish I would have been uh, been there at the party. I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't even know until after the fact. And Gary L said it was a great party. And, and Aiden, my son, uh, loves your daughter. So very cool. <laughs> Last night, my daughter comes and I, my uh, my wife sends me videos, and my uh, wife's recording my daughter. She's sending me private videos about this guy she met in school, and she says the name. And my daughter starts turning red. And he says, I met this guy, and we like him, and I like him, and he likes me. And I come home last night. I'm like, so, uh, Senna, tell me about this guy you met. And I give the guy's name. And she starts turning red, and she runs away. She didn't want to talk about him. Anyway, she's already flirting with guys. It concerns me uh, big time, long term, but it is what it is. So, Aaron, uh, uh, you saying that, are you comfortable sharing with the audience how much you're willing to support this cause if it were to become a reality? I'm willing to put up half a million dollars uh, of our money to, uh, to help make it happen. And I thought if there are more people out there like me, uh, businessmen who, uh, who are patriotic, love our country, and, and think this is a good idea, which I think a lot of people will, I think it, uh, hopefully I'm the first person to do this out of many people that would be willing to put up money and, uh, and help make it happen. Well, brother, I appreciate you for doing that. Uh, you know, uh, 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 there, there's nothing like having other people that love this country as much as we do. And the fact that you're not just saying it, but you're doing it says a lot about what you and your wife uh, are willing to do, to do to reunite this country. And uh, 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 definitely appreciate you doing that. And, folks, if you're listening, this is Aaron Singerman, CEO and founder of Redcon. Uh, Aaron, maybe we'll have you on here to, uh, to speak about this as this thing gets uh, deeper and deeper into this possibly happening. You let me know, Patrick. I'm just down the road. We're we're based in Boca, not too far from you. All good. I appreciate. I definitely will. I'll text I, you right I need afterwards. To get you to the gyms. Uh, uh, That's I, what, Patrick. I've been I've been trying to get you to the gym, dude. We're I got to tell you, gym. no That's joke. I've had. For, by the way, for full disclosure, I am not a fan of uh, uh, protein bars. I'm not a fan of these things. Are I've had all of them, and I eat it because I'm forced to eat it, or protein drinks. I I drink these drinks because I'm forced to drink them. Your stuff tastes amazing and i'm being dead serious guys your stuff that you sent tastes amazing i got 30 employees here 35 employees at the valuetainment media i don't know how many of them go to your gym but that's all they talk about when they go to you they swear by redcon and i'm gonna tell you this on camera on the podcast i'm gonna come stop by your gym today's what today's thursday i'm gonna come stop by your gym within the next 24 hours i'll come to your place and check out your gym next 24 hours let me know and i'll be sure to be there to roll out the red carpet the gym is a passion project so it's it's for fun for us, and you'll see. You'll, you'll get the feeling. Brother, I'm looking uh, forward to a, it. I am looking right. forward to it. Stay I'm going to text you. I'm looking forward to it. We'll go together. Thanks, buddy. Right. Appreciate Stay you, Aaron. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye, no bye-bye. Half a million dollars, okay? First half a million dollars we got right there. So now it's no longer $5 million. It's $5.5 million. And I got another one here. Uh, Alfred, I am calling you here. And by the way, anybody that's Maybe. listening to this, here's what I'm going to do. Anybody that's listening to this, Whatever you decide to donate on Super Chat today, 100% of what you give on Super Chat today, 100% of it, whatever you give, $5, $10, $100, $1,000, whatever it is, 
I'm going to use 100% of it, and we're going to create a, what do you call a, 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 a barometer that tracks it? And we can obviously start a GoFundMe. Oh, a I a charity we, thermometer. Yeah, we need to create a thermometer to see how much we're raising for this, and we'll keep a track of it until it finally becomes a reality. And this thing creates momentum. And so whatever you give on Super Chat today is going to go to this. And FYI, if it doesn't end up becoming a reality, we will figure out a way to give it away to a scholarship or a charity, and we'll make that announcement exactly the dollar amount that we raise. But let me call the next person. Alfred, I am calling you next. Alfred himself runs a uh, – let's see if we can get a hold of Alfred. Alfred, if you're listening, I am calling you, buddy. I am ready to, to make a donation of 400 billion bolivars. Um, so buck is what you want to do. From, uh, hey, um, your call has been forwarded to. Uh, how much did 400 bolivars did? Hey, PBD, I just picked up my phone and um, I posted this on LinkedIn and my socials. And I just did a quick check there. I was checking the uh, stats. Right now, I'm running this morning. It's just it's on fire and it's running 25 to 1, 25 to 2 on the likes dislike. Uh, people that want to see this happen. That's correct. 25 Alfred, to 2 is you? the ratio. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How you been, brother? I'm doing very good. I'm doing very good. So where you are right now, it's 725 California time. Alfred, uh, 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 can you tell everybody what business you're in and what you do? Oh, man. Uh, 20, 21 years we're in transportation, build a, a platform for transportation. And uh, how many loads you guys do per month? How many loads you guys do per month? How many we, branches do you have? How many employees do you have? Give us optics, or else I'm going to tell everybody how big you guys are because I think people need to know. Uh, we, you know, we, we pretty much move approximately a thousand trucks a day. A day? Uh, a day, yes, yeah, somewhere on there. And uh, we have about maybe three to four thousand sales guys around the around the world moving freight here. That three so to we, four thousand sales guys around the world. Wow. Okay. Uh, top line revenue shy of a half a billion dollars. Alfred, what do you think about this idea of getting President Trump and President Obama sit together? Man, when I when I heard it was unbelievable. Honestly, I, I can't even believe you even thought about that. I think uh, obviously you know you and I being immigrants coming to this country, understanding the you know the values and how amazing this country is and uh definitely want to be part of the solution no question about it uh and i i even text you i said maybe uh the, fir the first thing is to get into wives together maybe that might be the first uh shot getting these two guys together uh money might be more relevant to them than them but obviously if we can get those two big boys together that can definitely make a lot of change. Are you are you willing to support it? Are you willing to support it and throw a couple dollars of couple, uh, you know, dollars towards this yeah. project? Of course, I texted you about that. I said, look, uh, I'll put a hundred grand. No, no question about it. If you can get this done, I'm more willing to be. Part we got of another hundred thousand dollars. So now we're at five point six million dollars. The numbers have changed. So Alfred, a hundred thousand dollars towards uh, this becoming a reality, brother. Appreciate you. I am. Uh, I miss you, and I can't wait when I'm in L.A. for us to go to Rafi's place together. And I know we're talking right now about figuring something out. Yeah, yeah for sure, man, for sure. Alfred John Tamari, I'm in the comments, You got it, man. You got it. Take care. You take say care, hello brother. to everybody. My man, I will. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.
So we're at five point six million now, okay? And and you got uh, six hundred thousand dollars in the last four minutes was raised, okay? Just want to let you know we haven't even started yet, right? So we're at five point six million dollars. A lot of bolivars. It's just a couple of the text messages that got through the clutter that got to you. Imagine Pat, everything else. Yeah. Pat, I'll contribute. I get paid this Friday, so I'll get with you then. Tell your boss to pay you a little bit more. You know what? Seriously, ask for a raise or something. By the way. We got, a, we got a, a bunch of people just all of a sudden started. Let me see here. Myron Hyman, $20. Myron Hyman, another $5. He threw $25 into a thank you. Sarfania, $20. Bucks. Jorge Lopez, $20, uh, $5. Uh, Arsenal fan, uh, $5. My small contribution to getting these two Goliaths in the same room together. We'll appreciate you. Everything helps. DND Furniture, $5. Uh, he says $1,000, but it only says $5, so you may want to update that. Alex H, $20. Bucks. Here's a little one. I appreciate that. Supreme Seon gave another 20. Uh, I love this country and I love this podcast. Thank you. Tersen Tash, Go America, 25 bucks. Daryl Hamill, make it happen, PBD, 50 bucks. Thank you, Daryl. Willie Figueroa, another $50. Kevin Fisher, $10. Just Jen, $25. Make it happen. K- uh, Cooper Lobo, 10 bucks. Uh, Gyotsvin Kripik, $100. I would love to see that interview happen as well. Home of the Free, 10 bucks from Hugo Munoz. It would be very I mean, seriously, if this were to ever happen, I mean, I think the spirit in America would go to a whole different level. Media, would media lose their minds? Oh, yeah. Would would the folks in media lose their minds if this were to happen? Good, even better. I think they would lose their minds if something like this were to happen. So, folks, again, if... You want to DND furniture? Just give another hundred dollars. Jordan Becker just give another fifty dollars. If some of you are listening, and you want them, you know people that may want to contribute at a higher number. The next phase right now is asking Elon Musk to match fifty million dollars, going after Bezos to see if he'd want to put up ten million dollars, going after folks like that. So if you've seen the video, it's on my Twitter. I pinned it all the way at the top. If any one of you guys want to go talk to the congressman, media. Other billionaires, people you may know, people you may do business with, friends, family, anyone. If you know anybody to get this in front of, we are barely, I announced this yesterday. So you have to know that this campaign is probably going to go on for some time now to talk about this, to see how much money, whether it's McKinsey Bezos, whether it's uh, Bezos himself, whether it's Buffett, whether it's any of these guys. Mike Lindell, we're talking to you, Mike. Mike Lindell could be another one there, right? Uh, Exactly. So if anybody wants to see this happen. Let's go make this a reality and get these two gentlemen in there to help them synergize and unify America. So, But if you do want to make a bigger contribution, message us directly. Send me a message if it's more than if you're willing to match a $50,000, $100,000, $10,000, a $1 million, $5 million. Contact us directly. I would love to have you make the announcement on the podcast with the rest of us here. Okay. Thoughts? $600,000 in a few minutes. Uh, I can't believe you just <laughs> raised $100,000 a minute live on the air. Yeah, that's so nuts. There you go. And that's just the beginning, Tom. I think this shows you the undercurrent that what Americans want is things to come together. Americans want things to come together. And as much as they fight and as much as we bicker, remember, we're only one morning on 9-11 from coming together and demonstrating just how unified we really are but but are, do we really fight and bigger that much tom or does the media tell us that things like this is this is what i'm talking about like the the world that the media tells me exists every night it's not the world i wake up no in every morning. it's really not though. No, no regardless of the point of manipulation yeah. we do fight and bicker now are we manipulated into a lot of this damn straight but we're only one moment, and I would never want to see it again in my lifetime. We're only one moment on one morning, like September 11th, from coming together. 
Yeah, I guess. But I mean, look, just look at this room. You know, you've got you've got David, you got Vanessa, you got Kai, uh, Kai, Norway, Vanessa, Venezuela, Tom. You're from California, New Jersey, Iran, and then California. David, um, Colombia, Soviet Russia, was it? Colombia. It's Colombia. Okay. The, the Soviet <laughs> Russia. What the hell? <laughs> not a communist the uh <laughs> the whole idea in this office you come through this office you walk through nothing but and it's organic diversity it's not forced diversity pat didn't hire any of these people to fit into a box there's no there's no uh diversity in- inclusivity objective here and this is the most diverse environment right. i've ever worked in so i i and, and these are people from different walks of life that have different views and we sit and we have fun in this office we joke with each other every day we even hang out at, this is a, a, probably the most together office I've ever been in in a creative environment. We played volleyball together last night. Kai lost to me and Mickey, by the way. Kai and Paul what took, is it, wrong took with the Kai L. Losing? He's from Norway, 22 years old, goalie. <laughs> he lost yesterday. I mean, it it's was never like, going to happen again. My Dude. text was blowing up last night with the fact that Kai lost. Dude, so what I'm saying, I guess, the, and, I'm, and I'm sorry I'm rambling here, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that if the environment CNN told me was reality, this office couldn't exist the way that it exists. Yeah. It just couldn't. And so, I agree. And that's just the beginning, by the way. That's just the beginning of what uh, we plan on doing here. Go ahead, Tom. Except Adam. <laughs> we gotta make we gotta make a fence around Adam. I love the Soy Man Mafia. I love Adam. I love the guy. By the way, FYI, did you guys hear about what happened with YouTube? We can move on with the story, going to the different story. Did you guys hear about the fact that YouTube is a proven juggernaut that rivals Netflix in the streaming views? Let me give you some stats on this. So, Google parent company Alphabet delivered another monster earnings. Report Tuesday, one of the brightest bits came from YouTube, which booked a whopping, ready, $7 billion in advertising revenue last quarter. Quarterly revenue is on par with Netflix, and it's growing at a faster rate. Alphabet said YouTube booked $7 billion in ad revenue last quarter. That's 83% from a year ago. Compared to compared that to uh, Netflix's $7.3 billion in revenue booked in the same period, Netflix's revenue grew 19.4% from a year ago. By the way, that's Kai. Is that not interesting to know that YouTube grew by eighty-three percent versus Netflix's nineteen percent? That's wild. That that's pretty wild mm-hmm. to think. Well, YouTube television viewing has grown uh, faster than ever before. The company said one hundred twenty million people watch YouTube on TV last month, up from one hundred million per uh, month last year, uh, up from a hundred million a month from last year's twenty percent. YouTube's TikTok rival. Is also growing. Short-term video is the dominant trend on social media today, with TikToks leading on charge. YouTube has its own short-term, uh, short-form video service, YouTube Shorts, designed to compete with TikTok. Alphabet didn't disclose how many people are using YouTube Shorts, but said viewing metrics jumped from 6.5 billion views per day in March to 15 billion views a day in end of last quarter. So YouTube beating Netflix. Tom. Are you surprised by this? No, we kind of talked about a little bit of this. We were talking about Disney Plus like about a month and a half ago here yeah. on the podcast. So remember, COVID year spurred everything. And the Disney Plus launch happened at the, you know, orgasmic perfect launch point for Disney Plus where everybody was in the house and everybody wanted to watch TV and Disney Plus was a fan with Hulu was a great over the top uh, service. Well, I think what's also happening is you got to remember we're talking about the YouTube viewership that's web online ad supported over the last course of the last year. So it doesn't surprise me. 
And I'm, I'm really seeing, you know, you had ABC, NBC, CBS, and I, that was the original big three uh, before the consolidations and CW went away and Fox. Remember all that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you have right now, you've got the Disney monolith. You have YouTube, because remember, as YouTube television, as well as YouTube online, et cetera. And then you've got um, you, you know, TikTok. And I think what's interesting about TikTok, what we kind of jumped over, and I, I don't know if you guys covered this or not, TikTok is only the second company ever to have three billion downloads right mm. facebook was number one tiktok was number two my understanding and so i think the plates are shifting and what we're seeing is a big three emerge in both streaming and entertainment disney plus and hulu and then youtube with youtube tv and then you've got you know snap's not really doing its thing you have facebook instagram waiting in the lobby to go into congress sir and um and then TikTok. That's what I think is going on. We're seeing big three emerge like we've seen in other industries. Mm-hmm. I think, um, well, look, there's, there's two different sides of this. There's two different things at play. All right, there is the idea of, of a model, right? You have the two different models. You have the subscription versus the freemium model. But then you also have restriction of speech and, and curation versus choice, right? Like if you go on Netflix, especially over the last two, three years, uh, it, it's been remarkably, um, look, it's basically social engineering, right? I mean, the amount of, we talk about all the time, and I know I'm sounding like Johnny Right Wing again, but it's just, this is the truth of it. Like, everything has a left-wing progressive messaging, so it turns people off. If I go to a Netflix original, I just immediately think, okay, it's going to be Orange is the New Black, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to have the same messaging. I'm not interested in it. I, yeah, I what are they else. selling me? What what, exactly. what concept are they selling it's me? It's kind of the same thing with Disney+. Plus On YouTube, I have the choice then, like I can watch what they, what they suggest, but I have the choice to search for anything that I want. I'm on YouTube all the time, and I find myself on TikTok all the time now as well. That algorithm <laughs> gets to know you pretty, pretty well. So you're you're finding something you know in our industry it's really interesting because you know we're in the content creation industry how do you create an environment where people are willing to pay for content when they've grown their entire life being entertained for free and also how do you present them with content when they themselves have chosen the content that they want their whole life this is how itunes changed the game and this is how youtube is defeating netflix long term who wins netflix or youtube i think free choice wins man the the ability to choose exactly what you want to watch when you want to watch and to be able to watch it for free it's, it's an unbeatable, I, I don't you think. You think long-term Netflix or YouTube wins? Folks, if you're watching this, long-term who wins? I, Netflix or YouTube? I think you're well, asking, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about long-form creation and yeah. episodical that Netflix does, which takes longer to build millions and millions and millions of dollars per new show concept versus. Independently ran channels where people are creating their correct. own content. Yeah, yeah so yeah. who wins long-term? Uh, YouTube. I YouTube think. on that platform wins long-term, and I think they are going to find out pretty quick that they need to allow the conservative voice a little bit more latitude, and I think they're going to learn that thanks to the uh, Facebook hearings that are coming up. You I, think so? Because right now they're probably sitting there saying our strategy is working. We're up 83%. You don't know what you're talking about, 19%. Tom. 19%. No, no, no. Netflix is up 19%. Yeah. YouTube is up 83%. Yeah. You think YouTube is saying, Tom, our strategy is working well. Everybody was talking about Netflix a year ago. We're whooping their ass. They're at 19. We're doing 4X what they're doing. And more. So, yes, we're going to stick to no, our... No, the strategy is doing. working well, yeah. and you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And But uh, let's rewind a bit, make sure everybody hears what I just said. Facebook is heading into hearings. 
right? They're coming. Yeah. You got all the new people that are chairing FTC, and you hear the statements are making even yesterday. Yeah. Uh, those people are, are not not happy with Facebook and the targeting, and Facebook is trying to pander to the Americans by writing a foil board with an American flag while yeah, John yeah, yeah. Denver music plays. Right. So I, I think right now, are YouTube's sales executives thinking? No. Yeah. They're exactly what you're saying, Pat. You're yeah. right. But are they strategically thinking, we better keep our eye on this uh, government thing? Because we, if Facebook gets moved on this, then they're going to move us too. We've actually seen this play out, guys. But long term, it's an open ne field. Yeah. Even if they censor it later, it's an open field. Netflix is a CD. You might have one show that you really want on Netflix. You want to watch House and Cards, yeah. so you got Netflix. Yeah. Same way when when I wanted I wanted to listen to Rough Riders Anthem, I had to buy It's Dark and Hell's Hot. I had to buy DMX's whole CD. Right? That's Netflix. You got to buy the platform to get that one show. Where I see YouTube is iTunes. I can just pick the one thing that I like, and I don't. And then I go to something else. So we saw this play out. iTunes destroyed the CD industry. There's no CDs anymore. You don't need to buy a whole. I album think that's anymore. a great metaphor. That's that's where we're at. We see this play metaphor. out. You know. So long. -term. Although every time, every now and then, Netflix does something good, like Drive to Survive. So so yeah. so, so que awesome. que question though for you. Question, question though for it's, you. It's unscripted. Tom, who who, who is less likely to have a competitor take market share away from them? Okay, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter? Who is least likely to have a direct competitor and take market share away from? I'm talking a good amount of market share. YouTube. Least likely. I think so. Least likely. Because the amount of server space you would have to have to compete is like remarkable. You'd have to like kind of like competing against a bottling company like Pepsi or Coke. Yeah. Okay. So okay. who's second least likely? Do you agree with them? By the way, YouTube being number one. Yes. Okay. Who's your second least likely? Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Facebook is second. So Twitter's easier to go up against than Facebook or YouTube. Put it this way, Facebook tried to compete with YouTube twice. They had Facebook Watch and they had uh, IGTV. They tried to roll out not one but two different IPs just to try to match YouTube, and they they, they failed. You they, agree with they, them every? You agree with them? Yes, on the list? I do. And, they, and they, what do you, what do you in the middle of the argument? You can add to that is they were also the first one with the big bank going out to pay creators. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Facebook tried to Facebook. I'm talking about a couple Facebook. Years ago, yeah, had the big bank. They, they were, were like, three, hey, three xing the CPMs. They we're, were literally coming. We're going to spend a half a billion dollars, five million at a time, on a hundred different mm -hmm. shows. Remember that? Yep. And they and they went over to WME, and WME happily took their money. I, I think the model in the future is, it's so funny, man. I was I was talking to uh, to Phil about this last night, and I'm like. You know, he was talking about Jake Paul, and I'm like, this is the future. This is this is not an anomaly. It's you get an X amount of people doing prank videos, then you become a, a, a music artist, and you get an X amount of people doing that, and then you do a podcast, you get an X amount of people doing that, you look up, you've got a couple million followers, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to be a boxer. No, you're not. Well, there's four million people willing to watch me that says I can box. Jake, buddy, come, let's have yeah. a fight. Yeah. Get a marketplace first. Talking about Jake Paul, here's what Jake Paul just said yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Jake Paul said, claims he and his brother Logan Paul will run for president when they turn 35 years old after YouTube and boxing careers. This is a son's story. Jake, 24 years old, Logan, 26 years old, will run for president 2032. During an interview with Overtime, Jake was asked who would be, be more likely to become a U.S. president out of himself or L.A. Lakers superstar LeBron James, and even though he admitted that uh, basketball would be more likely to be voted into the White House, uh, he then announced his intention to run for president when he turned 35 years old. He says, I'm running for president 
uh, but I'm not even 35 yet. My brother and I would run for president in 2032. That's when we're eligible. We're still figuring this thing out. I might be president. He might be president. I think we're going to flip a coin and see who gets to be the president versus who's VP. By the way, I've been saying this for a while, that I think the Pauls, one of them is going to be the president. I think more likely uh, 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 either one of them has enough audacity to do it, uh, but I think eventually one of these guys is going to be the president. Can you see a President Paul? You know, Why not? Pre- Why not? Tom, can you see that happening? The, the, the value of followership influence for Paul to become a president? Um, you know, when has a celebrity um, ever, like, made it to, like, a major political office? Ronald well, Reagan. I actually accept that uh, <laughs> wrestler that became governor of Minnesota. That's right. Um, oh, yeah, and um, Schwarzenegger became governor mm-hmm, of California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, crap, it could happen. Yeah. How about the actor who became a... Uh, 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 president two term and then the other guy who had a show for 15 years apprentice <laughs> that became a president well, so so is it inevitable that one of these guys going to be a president there 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 you go again i always felt <laughs> that i was destined to lead this country that's more reagan than the other one was obama by the way the other one was kind of like elvis presley when i was thinking about it so. well i gotta for obama i gotta smoke a pack of salem's and get the rough voice oh really so he, did he smoke salem or no dude Obama secretly... No, 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 not, not Obama. Reagan. Was Reagan a smoker? I don't know if Reagan was a smoker. Early on, he was in... All the celebrities yeah, everybody were Everybody was smoking cigarettes back in the days. Man, you know, dude, like, this is, this is one of those things. Like, we're a democratic republic, I get it, but man, oh man, man, like, some, there's something sometimes where I'm just like, we, we kind of should just go back to, like... A, a council of elders like let's let's just have a council of elders let's get like a couple of uh a couple of oligarchs together and hope we get the right ones man because like look I, give them a podcast <laughs> yeah, just... let's go for it man like you know this one of the one of the, the great things about our government is that they 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 force us to believe that they actually doing something this entire all of congress can be done like tinder we can all have we can all have votes on our phone every day and just right swipe or left swipe and we can do all their jobs from our phone man so i who knows dude who knows i look do you think jake and logan paul would be good presidents i bet you they'd probably be better than than people would think because again they're so egocentric and they're so legacy dependent they would probably get really good people around them to implement some some things i i don't i don't know i i <laughs> I would I would love to see that campaign though. I have to be honest. I don't know if I want to live in a world where Jake Paul is my president, but I definitely want to live in a world where Jake Paul is running for president. For sure. How does it look like? Is it Troll <laughs> County nonstop? Nonstop Troll <laughs> County. He just he, I'd it, knock you out, you know, would yeah. it be that kind of an environment he, or he steals somebody's tie in the middle of the debate and then runs around the, the auditorium <laughs> like I got <laughs> That would be classic. That would be classic if that were to take place. Oh man, we'd be he'd be the first president with face tattoos. So there's that. <laughs> is it look. is it neck tattoos or face tattoos? A little bit of both. Is it? A little can you pull, it up? A little can you pull up his picture? I don't, I don't know if he's got face tattoos. Hail to the chief. He's the one we hail to. I don't know if he's It'd be a trap remix of that song. Hail to the chief. Yo, this is Snoop Dogg. I'm out here for my mom. 
There he is. I don't see face Future tattoos. Future president. Though. I see neck tattoos. I don't see face tattoos. He still though. has 15 years to work on that, though. <laughs> he's got time. Yeah, that's, he's got time to get time. a face tattoo. I don't know. Uh, you know again. Those, are, those nipples, presidential. Are they? Pres- that, that, that is, that is, that's presidential. Although there's, there's the foreign policy hand grenade right there. So. Look up Jake Paul face tattoos. That's how you, <laughs> that's how you find those. Face tattoos. <laughs> Type in face tattoos. <laughs> oh, shoot. Hail to no, the no, chief. he does not face tattoos. He's that's got to be. That's a head tattoo, I guess, more than. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen that before. Okay, that, well, that counts. Okay. All right, so he'd be the first to do that. He'd be the first to do that if that were to take place. Uh, let's see. What next story do we go to here out of all these things that we have? Uh, okay, China. Let's talk about China, what happened with China. Go to page 7 uh, with China. So our, our uh, this is a. China expanding its nuclear capability, scientists say, BBC story. China is expanding its capacity to store and launch nuclear missiles, U.S. scientists say. Satellite images from uh, Jinping, Xinjiang province in the west of the country suggest that it's building a nuclear missile so, uh, silo field. It is the second new silo field reported to be under construction in western China in the last two months. The site could house about 110 silos, which are underground facilities used for storing and launching missiles. In 2020, China had a nuclear stockpile of more than 200 warheads and was aiming to at least double this amount. The Pentagon says the U.S. has approximately 3,800 warheads. And in in a propaganda video, China threatens to nuke Japan after Japan vows to defend Taiwan. In a now-deleted propaganda video, China threatens to nuke Japan following comments made by Japanese leaders vowing to defend Taiwan from Chinese invasion. The nearly six-minute video, which was posted to the Chinese Communist Party-sanctioned channel Zhigua, Featured images and uh, videos of J- uh, Chinese war machines such as tanks and fighter jets edited into pictures of a uh, devastated 1940s Japan following the World War II oh, U.S. Man. nuclear strikes on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The video references Japan's defeat in World War II before promising full-scale war against the only country to have ever been nuked. The video also said there will be no peace talks. Tom, how much do you love China? What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, f- first of all, whenever you talk about China, you have to talk about Russia, because China and Russia are now really intertwined, and Russia has leaned over that way. And, I mean, China and- just had a meeting with the Taliban leaders of Afghanistan yesterday. I don't know if you saw that or not. Did well, you the, see that, the video? I mean, they've been supplying weapons to them for 20 years. Why no, but Tom, did meeting? you actually see that or not? I, I did not see that video. The but- foreign minister of China yesterday met with the uh, Afghani Taliban leader yesterday. There you go. Well, here's what's going on here. People need to understand that Taiwan is a global semiconductor and market share play. You know, this is the China. If China takes Taiwan, what they do, if you go take a look at global supply chain management, that just kicks them up a whole nother notch because Taiwan punches above its weight at an astronomical level in the global supply chain as a manufacturing partner, especially in semi. So if they take Taiwan, they now, which they believe, going back to Chiang Kai-shek and, you know, sending him, um, you know, on the exile and all, all those things that happened, this is a market share and a uh, legacy ownership. So part of them is, hey, this is legacy ownership. This is our land. This is our province. This is our place. I mean, let's 
let's uh, it's kind of like a West Berlin thing. Let's take down the wall. This is ours all the all the way. But the other side of it, they think the long game economically, this is a play for market share and control over the West of manufacturing. Listen, all I will say about this. All right. They're on YouTube right now. If you're listening to this. All right. After this is done, look up my life, my China. I am a Communist Party member. Just go into your, your bar after this is over and check Chinese Communist Party member and watch those videos. And you tell me if that is the future that you want. That's all That's all I can say. All I can say, everything Tom said is, is great. Everything that we talk about here is fine. Guys, you have to understand what is going on on a global scale. You have to understand who is pulling the strings, who is pulling the levers. You have to understand who Xi Jinping is and what his goals are. All right? And part of what we are looking for in the future, if you don't understand what we talked about on Tuesday when we're talking about a social score, if you don't understand, all right, and you want an actual human element that goes beyond the politics and the economics and the, the high-level concepts that we talk about here, and you just want to see for yourself what loss of anonymity looks like, what loss of agency looks like, search Chinese Communist Party member and watch those videos. That's, that's all I'll say. see what happened there you want to get adam in here to promote his new podcast if we can get adam adam come on in here adam's been hiding back there the entire time it's a great day to have a good day folks enjoy your weekend thank you value yes yes, appreciate you adam tell us what is happening adam tell us about your camera of me and gerard hugging sure of course Ah. course. first i'll put your mask on next time you come in here adam where's your mask (laughs) where's your mask I left it in the car, Pat. How are we all doing? You left Great it in show. The car. Hey! I got to tell you, Tom, the um, SOS. The, the David, uh, Camp David Accords with um, uh, Jimmy Carter. And uh, that was good stuff. Great reference. How you feeling, Pat? How you feeling, man? Man, I feel great. I did my morning workout. You know what I do. I, it, it feels weird to be on the right. Cur- you know? Curling wow. cows. It feels weird to be here. You're standing. Slowly but surely, I've been going. I don't know if you. Uh, if, Did you hear what he if, just if, said? If it feels weird I heard it loud and clear. Right. Yeah. I heard it loud and clear. Slowly but surely, I started far left. Now I'm like creeping onto the right side. Look at me. Tell Center us about right. your podcast. We got five. What's your minutes. workout this What's morning? On? Standing in front of the Today Show, curling your cats? Yes. Thank you. In your uh, underwear. I don't know. I'm sure Kai has an image that we're going to. So this afternoon, we're yes. launching uh, something that I'm very proud of called the Sawscast. With your boy Saz right here. So um, thank you. Very happy. Thank you. Happy to be doing this. So basically, um, you know, I started on this endeavor. I met Pat in probably 2012. We were working out in the gym. I wasn't curling cats at the time. Almost nine (laughs) years ago. And uh, we just started up a conversation, a little dialogue. Tom, let let, let, let me me get in here. Um, And we just started talking. And we were in the same industry, insurance, uh, finance. And they were just two dudes in, uh, in the gym working out at this conference called NALBA. And I had just started in the industry a few years. You had just started PHP a few years. We were like the only 30-somethings in this, what I call, MP, uh, male, pale, and stale crowd. No offense. And um, it was just a boring industry. And, I, and I'm, I'm in something called Life Settlements. And I had a breakthrough career in that industry. Made some money. You've obviously been crazy uh, successful in the industry. And I said, oh, Wow. This is how money works. This is how investments works. This is how life insurance works. This is how premium finance works. This is how estate planning works. They don't teach you this shit in school. 
And, you know, I was just like Gerard over there. I was a stand-up comedian. I was a nightlife guy in Miami. I was a substitute teacher. I had a whole, I had sort of the jack of all trades. And I got a job as a cold caller in the financial world for my firm that I'm still with. And it basically sort of peeled back the curtain of how money works and how finance works. And I started my show, Saz Talks Money, in probably 2016 when I had some, built up some wealth and, and you know, had some extra time. And uh, it's... Fast forward, now I'm on Valuetainment, couldn't be any happier, and I actually kind of approached this idea to you back in Dallas, and Pat gave up, buddy, buddy, you know, slow down, buddy, you know, like, start doing some videos. I said, all right, cool, I'll keep doing the videos, keep doing the videos. But ultimately, I realized what my biggest gift is, is just being able to really talk to anybody and relate with anybody. I used to sleep on my buddy's couches, and fast forward 10 years, I had NBA players crashing on my couch. So wherever you're at in life, I've been there. And really the point of the Sazcast is I can talk to people, like live, interact, and just be myself. Not scripted, not, uh, you know, cut, edit, whatever, let's go back. No B-roll, just... Oh, so you're you know, stopping that whole show you've been doing this entire time. So that's stopping with you and... Uh the the scripted uh, five minute. We'll videos still that do you're some doing. of that, but okay. this is the main. This is the yeah, main. So how long? How long is the show going to be? It's going to so be an know. hour live okay. podcast. One hour every live. Thursday. Every Thursday. Four p.m. after the bell. Okay. And we're going to have it's all personal finance related. Got so it. this so is Thursday. Politics, Thursday. Four p.m. Eastern 4 Standard Time yes, after sir. the bell. Yep. Okay. And what should people expect of this podcast? People, you should expect to get smarter with money. Okay. You're going to learn tips techniques to build wealth you're going to figure out strategies how to get out of debt save that can money I so call you can in start investing you or no 100 okay so you're going to take in calls. we're going to so take on calls call. we're going to have q a and we're you're doing have... that today today yes okay so today, today yes. folks kai can we put the link below episode one today episode one bizdoc bum, bum, bum. would you be a future guest on the show we had a great time when we I did the interview i would love to do it our interview was Thank great you. you brought Thank my favorite you. beer and crackers yes i'll bring more beer and crackers put for the you, put <laughs> the put the link yeah. below for sauce uh, sauce cast at 4 p.m every thursday yes. eastern standard time with adam sauce and you can call Thank in you. Uh, link below. Go. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not even subscribed to it because it's just. It's value the, and economics. Value You've been economics. there already. Same channel. Yeah, value and economics. Same channel. The biz doc is doing his case studies on. No, same I love channel this idea. Now. I love this idea. It's like squawk on the street mm -hmm. after the bell, but with attitude for personal finance. Yes, personal finance. And look, is that a good summary? We, thank you. I appreciate that. There's going to be a lot of attainment going on too. There's going to be value. That's obviously. What I'm saying that's the attitude value part. Attainment, but there's we're going to have fun. We're gonna talk about, you know, maybe lots of banter. The way, lots of banter. The way I sort of look at it is, it's if like, if Dave Ramsey and Howard Stern had a love child, and uh, that would be, ow, ow, that ow, would be, ow, that would be me, baby. Personal finance, but but we're gonna have some fun. I love it, Pat. Maybe maybe you'd be a guest one of these days. We'll see. Like well, tables will turn. I actually think this is gonna do great. I think people are gonna be able to call in and see a different yep. side of you and just kind of mm -hmm. talking to you about money, how. You went from uh, being a comedian in Denver, Colorado, mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way where you can do that. You're broke. You don't have any money to yep. do anything to being a cash millionaire. I think yeah. people need to learn nowadays how to be a cash millionaire. Yeah. And you can definitely share with them some tips on how to do so. Folks, today, every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, one hour, SauceCast. 
Go click a, what is that button you click to be alerted when the live goes up, Kai? What is it? The bell. The, the bell. bell. Is it the for bell? Reminders. Thank you, David. Yeah, the bell today, Thursday, 4 p.m. Adam, happy for you. Looking forward to Thank seeing that you. show. And up, I'd buddy. like to say one last thing. Tell us. I, I loved what you did with uh, your video with Obama Trump. I know we've been talking about that for a few weeks. And uh, respect. I personally would like to donate $10,000 to your cause to make that happen. You're being serious. About I'm being this. very serious. The Adam giving ten thousand okay. dollars. This is what Whoa. happens when you save Adam that money. You can donate it to good 10, causes. Thousand. So we're officially yeah. at what five point six yeah. million ten thousand dollars. I would love to put up today. five million or what Aaron Singerman did uh, five hundred thousand. But I'm gonna stay in my ten thousand is ten thousand. Yeah, man. that's yeah. good. Good for you for doing that. That's I just love a that. Saturday night in South Beach. I'm just gonna stay in on Saturday. <laughs> Saturday there it is. Bottle it's service not, at yeah. the VIP. Folks, right? you heard sure. it here. Adam's got. 10K on it, and uh, go make sure you do not miss SauceCast today, mm -hmm. 4, p.m. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With that being said, are we doing it again next Tuesday, same time? Yes, sir, same Calendar's time. Calendar's the same way. Calendar's next same. Tuesday, 9 a.m., uh, back here on the PBD Podcast. But today, 4 p.m. with SauceCast on Valuetainment Economics. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good to see Take you, care. PBD. Glad to bye -bye, be here. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.